I'm going to go back to something that I wrote that you, you, when God sees you, God delights in what is and sees only what's true that you, yes, you in all of your glory, bring color and rhythm and rhyme to God's story. So be you fully you a show stopping review, live your life in full color, every tint, every hue discover explore have faith but love more and learn and relearn all that god made you for and so um i think god looks at us and and just and just delights in in the fact that we are alive does god have a face does he have a body I have a confession to make. I really like children's books, like a lot, which shouldn't come as a surprise because I also have kids and some of them are good. And I will tell you right now, I can quote the lines to many children's books without the book in front of me, including this Mickey Mouse book that I grew up with that my parents used to read to me, mostly my dad. But all that to say, this is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. And this week, Matthew Paul Turner is on the show We talked a bit about writing for kids, about what God looks like, and about why it's important to start at a young age, having a conversation about God and the relationship that we all have with a divine being. I also want to say thank you. A few new folks have jumped over at Patreon uh, in the last few weeks, and I am thankful for that. And yeah, that's, um, man, it's always humbling when that happens. One last little quick thing Uh, you will see in the show notes a bookshop.org link. That link will take you directly to Matthew Paul Turner's book. And buying the book that way um, will support Matthew in a better way than hopefully Amazon will. It'll also kind of support the show, but more so it will support Matthew and a local bookstore where you happen to live. And that's also freaking amazing. So with that, let's rock and then let's roll. Before he would forgive, maybe we made a God looks like us. How we want to do this. Here we go. The Matthew Paul Turner. See, when you put a the in front of it, it makes it makes you it makes it something special. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> it, it could also make it something <laughs> another kind of something. Well, you know, like the Ohio State University, you know, the yeah. you, you know. Anyway, yes. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Um, thanks for coming on in the evening. I know evenings are not always convenient, but it seems to be the best for me after I'm able to put hey, my kids to sleep. you know what? You have, to, you have to record when it is convenient, and I, I, I am happy to be here. One of the questions I like to ask in, in the most existential way possible, because that way you can do whatever you want with it, is when you try to explain like what a Matthew Paul Turner is, like what is that? Uh, what is a Matthew yeah, what, Paul what is a you yeah there we there we that's a horrible <laughs> sentence <laughs> um I I'm a dad who writes books about God I guess is yeah I mean I guess that would be the the, the cleanest <laughs> easiest version of that Fair enough. <laughs> that's... probably not 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 necessarily the most interesting but yeah, no, that's uh... no. It is what it is. Um, that is my most favorite way to ask that question. And in the day job, I'll also ask questions in the very similar way. 
And it's fun yeah. to watch clients go. What exactly are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, like, so I work at a bank and so like when business owners will come in or whatever, I'll ask them questions about their business in a very similar way. And they'll go, I've never thought about that. I was like, well, that matters. Like, why do you even yeah. do this? Like, what, what, why did you, you obviously are not happy. You're not saying that you aren't, but like the, the client or whatever, like, why, right, are we, right, right. why are we even here? Why don't we just shut it all down? Um, so anyway, so tell me a bit about you in a more general sense. So kind of how does one get in to writing children's books about God? Because it's not a massive genre, at least not one that I've ever purchased. Uh, most of mm -hmm. my children's books came from the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very thankful for those. I, they're, they're fun. I, I, I love, I love that library. Oh, I love yeah. that, uh, that, that, uh, nonprofit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my ex-wife told me, um, many, many times as I was reading to my children, um, that I should write a children's book. Mm. Um, and it was, um, and that was basically built on the idea that I, I was a writer I wrote, you know, I wrote books for adults, um, you know, nonfiction memoirs and stuff. And, um, and she, but she, she, she knew that I also had this gift for, um, making silly songs that rhyme for people's birthdays and things like that. It's <laughs> something that I, I mean, rhyming had been something that I was doing since, you know, I was like 13 carrying around a notebook. Mm. Um, and so, um, when I started writing children or when I started reading children's books about faith or God to my kids, any, anytime I would like pull one out that, you know, it would be like the fourth or fifth at bedtime. And, you know, we'd read, you know, all the ones that they liked. And then I'd pull one from the pile <laughs> and try to read it. And I would almost always find myself like, either skipping pages mm -hmm. or like changing the, the, the narrative a little bit mm -hmm. to, um, to protect them from some of the ideas that the books were, you know, putting forth. And, and I just thought it was one of those things where, you know, I, um, I was just cocky enough to think maybe there's a chance that I could potentially fill a need here. Um, because I wanted to introduce my kids to God in a different way mm. than how I was introduced to God. And so it, um, my very first book, uh, was, you know, cause we ended up, uh, we ended up self publishing my first children's book. I didn't know that. And it was, it was when God made light mm -hmm. and I started like playing with this. I, first off, I wrote a whole bunch of terrible, terrible rhymes that about God. And it was, you know, like just, they were just awful things. And, um, and finally I, I got this idea about light and I started playing with this concept of what, what it would look like or what, 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 how could I describe light coming to an existence in that very first moment? What would that look like? And so I started playing with this idea and then I started, then I kind of moved into how we interact with light during the day and how we interact with light during it at night. And, uh, and the light that's inside us and that we are, you know, a part or that we are the salt and light. And so like this idea that we could be light, um, kind of just like it turned into this really beautiful, like fun narrative of rhyming that all dealt with this, the light of God. And I <laughs> sent it, uh, I sent it off to my agent and my agent was like, this is really good, Matthew, but I don't necessarily 
do children's books, but I'm, I'll, I'll send it out there. Well, he did send it out there and we got 11 no's. 11. And like 11, I, I, because, and one of those people, one of those 11 no's came back twice and said no. <laughs> and so, uh, did they forget they it, said no once or did you, oh, email no, them twice? no, they, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, the one person on the team really wanted, wanted to <laughs> yeah. sign me, but, but, but like, I got asked <laughs> if I could put, if I could write under like a pseudonym, I, I got asked if I could like, you know, could I, could, could we put your, your wife's name uh, on the book instead of your name? Because like I, I at the time was writing a blog called Jesus needs new PR. Mm. And so I had a little bit of a reputation ah. um, in the Christian space for um, that didn't sit well with a lot of the faith publishing you know, faith publishers. And so I, we, we self-published it hmm. and we, we printed 5,000 copies and we ended up selling 4,800 of them. And one of those publishers, and it was actually the one that said no twice, came <laughs> back and said, um, let's do this. And in the meantime, I had already started writing, um, when God made you, which ultimately became the first book that I released. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, I, 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 I hoped, I, I hoped that the book would connect with people. I didn't, I had no idea that it would connect with so many people, um, and continue to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was a, it was a wonderful, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoy writing, writing prose for children, because I think that if, um, you know, uh, you know, for all of the people who are deconstructing, um, it, I like to think that maybe we can give our kids something different mm. that works for them, that they don't have to then recover from 20, 25, 30 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Our, um, our church gives out, um, your, your last book. Uh, I can't remember the event. What is, what is God like? Uh, no, one? when God War. made you, um, no, hold on. Yeah. When God made you, um, it's upstairs. Okay. So the reason I, I remember that, and so I had forgotten that we do this and so they give it out. It's either at, I feel like it's at baby dedications and it's like given sure. to the parents with the intention mm -hmm. of eventually you're going to read to these kids. We like this book, read this mm -hmm. one to them. Um, I don't remember if that's when it is. It could be when they get a little bit older, um, but it's an event and, and the kids all, every, every child in the wow. church gets one um, as they age into that, which is cool. But when this book came from your publisher, um, like my daughters lit up, they're like, we know his name. And they literally went over to the shelf and they grabbed it back down. Oh, and I was like, wow, she's like, can we read it? I'm like, sure, let's, let's read it. I was like, do you want to read the new one? They're like, no, let's read this other one. Because they like. <laughs> yeah, so. it's new, new things are, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's weird. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's the way that you write about God is, is, is good. Because I will say, I also have many of those other books that you read to your kids at bedtime or even really just yeah. at any time. And um, I found myself filtering everything in the Old Testament, many of the things in the New Testament, where I'm like, well, that's not even what that says. And that's based on a bad translation of that word. Like if the Bible is always translated with a bias, but this children's book is beyond bias. This children's book is, is, yeah. is just propaganda. Um, it, 
and it's and they try to like hide it under this like not even a cute not even cute imagery but like you know uh just they try to hide it under some sort of imagery mm-hmm. that is that I'm like, you know, kids can see through some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, depending on their age and whatnot. Um, but like, I'm like, I'm also like big on like not putting a pronoun on God. And like, I, I just, I don't want my, I don't want my kids to instantly think of a, of a white male, like yeah. when they think about the deity. And so like, I, um, the only time I have, used a pronoun in a book for God was for uh, the book that I finished for Rachel held Evans. And, um, and that was because Rachel had used all of the pronouns. Um, he, she, and they in reference to God on a in a couple little parts of her book. And, and I, so, so I, I honored that, that, you know, that creativity. And, but for my own books, I try to avoid, I mean, I, I always avoid the pronouns because I think that it's just, um, I don't know. I I think when you can, why not? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites is I tell the Jonah story or not the Jonah. Um, yeah, the Jonah story the same way every time to my kids, um, in the the children's version of the Bible story. So when we would go through, I would use the pictures but I would literally retell the Jonah story retell the jo- um, in, <laughs> yeah. in a different way. More about though, like we all get asked to do things we don't want to do. And when you stop fighting, things happen and it's okay that people that you don't think should be forgiven, get to still get forgiven. Even when you think they shouldn't be is effectively yeah. the way that I tell that story, which mm-hmm. is kind of Jonah, but not all of Jonah, but that's not what's yeah. in the books. And so as my kids got older and I say it the same way every time, and they can read the words. They're like, that's not what it says. I'm like, well, we're done with this book then. This book is done. <laughs> um, you know, we're... <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, you, when you start to read, it's like when it's like the bad words. Yeah. As soon as you can, uh, no longer spell S H I T, like, yeah. yeah. And without them knowing it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, uh... <laughs> this book is, this book is done. Um, yeah, we were reading the Chronicles of Narnia recently, my daughter and I, not the Chronicles, uh, I think we're on Prince Caspian, and it talks about uh, some queer folk. And she is used to that word in a different way because she's in fourth grade and there's conversations about that, especially recently with all of the laws. And we live in Virginia and we decided to when they said that we could, you know, ban people. And anyway, it's not why you're here. But either way, she's like, that's not what that word means. I'm like, no, yes, that's (laughs) words change. Maybe I I don't understand. I can't explain linguistics to you at eight o'clock at night. That's not the time to do linguistics. So um, so getting to this book. Why, where did I am God's dream come from? Um, well, I, there's a line in when God made you at the very end that, um, where I say you being you is God's dream coming true. And I've had a lot of people, um, a lot of, a lot of more conservative people complain about that. Like, you know, in the sense of like, you know, God doesn't dream or, you know, how we aren't God's dream. Like, it's very much like that for some reason that that line hits them in a in a negative way. Mm. And so in the very beginning, it kind of started out as a way (laughs) to, well, well, if that line ticks you off, I'm going to write a whole book <laughs> all about being God's dream. And, and I think that it turned into like, it was my very, uh, I'd always wanted to write a children's book in first person because I wanted to give children 
a way of expressing faith in their in that they can own or that they can kind of have um ownership over um, the ideas. And I just think that when you put an I in front of something and you say, I am this, there's power in that. Mm. Um, And I, you know, I wanted to give them, instead of it being, you are this, I wanted them to be able to say, I, I love myself because of this. I look, when I look in the mirror, I see who God sees. Um, And so it's, uh, so that's definitely um, definitely something that I wanted, to, I, I wanted to explore, but then, um, you know, I, I recently had a big, uh, a big event in my own life where my wife and I, uh, you know, separated and I actually came out, uh, as gay. And, mm-hmm. and so this book really is a, is, is, is a little bit of a, a book to myself. I mean, it's a celebration of, of what I want my kids to know about them, but also it was kind of me talking to the inner child of my own, my own person and, um, reminding myself of, uh, what does it mean to be God's dream, to be a one kid parade, to be, um, seen as wonderfully made. And, um, and so I split the idea. I split the the book in my own head. I don't know if if this, if this isn't like, something that like is put in the text, but um, like in my own head, it's split up into this, this idea of body, mind and body, mind and emotions and then soul. And so it was, um, I wanted to reflect the idea of what can I give kids? What words can I give kids that would give them confidence, allow them to see God in a way um, that is, positive that is um that is like encouraging that is affirming to them um that they can speak these words over themselves um and and hopefully at some point maybe it it sinks in and they and they become it becomes it becomes a part of their language Mm. um and so uh yeah like and 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 i i this book is is definitely there's a couple places that um that probably goes a little too deep for a child in some cases um but it's uh i i i told uh my my editors came back and they were like they wanted to change you know a couple different words in the book and you know i i it was the very first time after seven i've, I've written this is my seventh children's book and i finally for the first time i said you know what i'm no, <laughs> I'm going to keep it. Um, and, and it's the, one of the words was transcend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's a complicated word and it's a word that, you know, uh, people of faith have a, have issue with, but when it comes to what I think about my own life mm-hmm. and having to, on a daily basis, like my, my child, my, my middle daughter, or my middle child, my daughter came home from school today um, you know, talking about like, you know, how did she put it? Something like my circle of friends is having a problem, dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> All of them. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so she started to, to express these thoughts of what was going on at school between her and her friends. And, and I said, you, you know, it, it was our whole conversation was about her having to transcend that experience that, you know, those words and, 
those uh, those thoughts that were put onto her and, you know, uh, push through. And so I, 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 that's why I kept it. And so I, I think that um, there's some big ideas or big thoughts in this book, but I'm hopeful that it provides parents with a really good um, jumping off points to start conversations about their, about their, you know, about body mm-hmm. image and about um, the emotions that we feel and how all of the things that we are as people, there are, there are glimpses of God that we can find in those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as I, as I read it, I'm going to keep referencing my six-year-old because she's smarter than me. Um, I I genuinely think that she just doesn't have the vocabulary or the rest of like, yeah, she's freaking brilliant. Um, so I gave her the book. She's read it a couple of times by herself. And I I told her last night, I said, Hey, so I'm going to talk to the guy that wrote this book, which she thought was cool. Um, (laughs) everyone else she doesn't care about. You're the only guest. <laughs> um, so, um, and I said, well, tell me what your favorite page is. And she gave me two pages. And so mm-hmm. just curious your thoughts on that. But I'll, I asked her why. And then she had a really random question that I told her that I would ask. Um, okay. I'll ask that first, actually. So the bold letters, she started writing them down. And mm-hmm. she's like, do they make one big sentence if I write them all down? To which I said, oh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not, baby. It probably just looked good on the page, but I will ask him. Uh, like, tell her that I I could kick myself now because that is a really beautiful idea. I wish I could. I wish we could go back and change that. But um, no, they don't. Fair <laughs> they enough. They are uh, uh, somebody who uh, is in charge of type treatment chose Did those that. words. Fair to, enough. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's what I told her. I was like, it probably just looks good on the page. It balances out the pictures. <laughs> He just right. wrote the words and she's like, I bet they make a sentence. And so there's these massive, <laughs> like two inch, you know, the way that a six year old writes yeah. words. And I'm like, stop it. I'll, I'll just ask him. Um, <laughs> so, but her favorite page though, and I'll read this to you if it's all right, um, sure. is, is I, there's no page number. So it says, this body is mine and I'll treat it so kind. I'll value and love what I know God designed because God made me, me. And when she reads it out loud, that sentence she actually struggles with because I don't think mm-hmm. she understands the grammar, yeah. which is fine. Um, and so that was good because she asked what the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She asked yeah. what it meant. Um, and then, you know, and one day you'll see the dream about God's dreaming. That's who I will be. Um, she wouldn't tell me why it's her favorite page. I don't know if she has the words to say so. She's yeah. adamant that it is. Do you have any thoughts about just that page specifically? Well, I think that, um, you know, we, uh, we live in a faith world that has, spent a lot of time criticizing the body. We talk about the body of Christ, but like as far as our bodies um, and what, how we think about our bodies, how, um, you know, the, the idea that our bodies are, can get us into trouble. And I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to create this, this, these words or this, this prose that really celebrated the body um, no matter like whether, no matter what that, what the individual looks like, um, or how, um, how they get, to, how they move around, um, what it, like, I wanted to celebrate the human body. Mm-hmm. And I think that giving, when I, when I said, when I wrote the, the phrase, what God made, God made me, me. I mean, like, if I'm honest, Seth, I'm, I was writing that for myself. Like mm-hmm. I was really writing that out of my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
hoping that it translated to somebody else's story Mm -hmm. so they can connect the dots that God made them, them. And they, um, and that, that the light that is inside is going to shine. Um, if we allow it to, if Mm -hmm. we give it, we give it, uh, we give it permission Mm -hmm. to, um, Mm -hmm. and so, and so to speak. And so, um, yeah, no, I, that the, the, those, you know, that little section of the book that specifically, I believe maybe the page prior to it, um, that book, that was some of the very first things that I wrote because I really want, I was really focusing on this whole, like wanting to create this silly prose about, um, you know, how somebody feels inside their own skin mm-hmm. and, you know, when, you know, that they liked their belly, that they mm-hmm. liked the way their hair did all, you know, went, went sideways and they had like, they, they just liked themselves mm. because they were themselves that, that it, that wasn't because of something or it wasn't because it was, you know, perfect or not perfect. It was because it was them. Yeah. And so this idea of empowerment, finding empowerment that God made me, me, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, I mean, I think hopefully parents and kids will find a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, as I've read the book, um, I've read it for myself. Um, and then I've read it through the eyes of my kids as I watch them read it. One last little comment on one of your lines and then I'll pivot. You have a section here that says, and it's where they're in this like community garden thing, uh, which is cool that it's even a community garden or maybe this is a school garden. I don't know. You didn't draw it's the community pictures. garden. You, you didn't yeah. draw the pictures. I didn't draw the pictures, but I, I did. I did help with the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so. so there's a part there that says dramatic, which is bold. And so she yells it. And clever, <laughs> but neat hardly ever, which yeah. she literally said, she's like, that is me. That's, yes. that's me. Uh, and I have to, I had to, I was like a hundred percent. Yeah. You're the messiest, loudest, smartest yeah. person I've ever met. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like children's books should be required reading whether or not you have kids for adults? I mean, I think some, I think some are really, really wonderful ways of like, expressing ideas and mysteries that we, we still kind of, even as adults don't fully grasp. It's like, um, I was, I know uh, with a friend or somebody, I don't know if I was on another podcast or some sort of interview, I talked about where the wild things are and how that book kind of like, it's, it's not even this most gloriously written book, Mm -hmm. but how that book enters into the story and where you turn the page, it creates an experience for the reader. And I know that that book still speaks to me, like in a weird way. Like it is like an experience for me to read it to my kid. And mm-hmm. to like, it was like, it was like I was handing down this really incredible experience, not just a story, not just cool pictures, but an experience because it, it's, it, it, it allows you to get quiet for a minute. It allows you to like really emphasize this idea that this kid is getting ready to enter this space that you don't even understand. And then, and then it gets all like loud and boisterous and it's a really wonderful book to kind of read to your kids and mm-hmm. to give like almost like a gift. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll say this when I um, started writing children's books, I did not know. I did not fully appreciate to what degree other people 
outside of parenting engage children's books. Um, I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of letters specifically about a couple of my books, like when God made you and when I pray for you. And one of the letters that I got from when God made you is from, was from a pastor in Vermont who was also doing some hospice care work um, on the side. And she walked into a, a situation where this 99 year old woman was in her last days. And my book, when God made you was sitting on her mm. side table and the woman patted it. Um, and so the pastor began to read it and it was, um, she actually ended up reading it three times, I think in the last week of her life to this woman. And I never, like when I was writing it, it never occurred to me that somebody in their last moments here on earth would engage those lyrics and it would be a part of their story. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I've had, um, I, I, rem I remember a, a, a parent, parents um, from Massachusetts wrote me and said they had three hours with their baby. Um, wow. The baby lived for three hours. And during that time, um, they read when God made you over that baby three different times. And again, mm -hmm. never in a million years would I have ever imagined that being a book that somebody in their story that in their scenario ever would want to read. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd want to read my book in that kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I do think that there is something about children's books that transcend um, to different people's stories. I've had people who are single write me and say, I found your book in Target and I literally read it to myself. Um, I read it to myself and just sat there and wept. Mm. Um and then I bought it. And so like, it's one of those things where I, I wasn't, I, I don't know. I, I would have answered that question differently before um, prior to like having, you know, received so many letters from people outside of the, the audience that I assumed would engage my stories. Um, and so it has, um, it has opened my eyes to the power of a children's book and, and the fact that all the places that it would go, like there are places that a children's book will go, and be okay and be safe where other books that are not for children or not about big ideas or not about not, not seen as without pictures that would not be seen as safe or as welcomed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a really, that's been a beautiful learning experience for me. Um, I'm sure that other children's books writers would, probably answer that differently um, because there are some books that I that I have read out loud that I don't think would be required reading for anybody <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh, do you remember like last year I had all those weird ad breaks like it would just randomly be something we're not doing that instead I thought I'd do this I need your help if you're able to Head on over to the website for the show. There are two things that you can do. One is you head over to the website, you click the Patreon button or support button, I forget what I call it, 
and you jump in there. Those people help make the show a thing so that you can listen to it right now. Two, the easier one, you could just leave a rating and a review on the podcast app of choice that you currently use. Either one of those is fine, but I would love it if you would do either one, specifically the rating and reviewing. It's an exponential thing that the algorithms pick it up, and that's just math. It's just compounding on top of itself. Anyway, all that to say, that was it. That was the ad break, and now we're going to get back into it. My, my kids listen to the show. So um, mm-hmm. I'm asking this question intending for them to listen. And I guess I'll, I'll wonder. And then just Matthew, just a little bit about, about the show. I record these for me. Every episode is something that I find interesting. I'm happy that other people like to listen, but it's not yeah. really for anybody other than me, which no. I guess makes me selfish. But yeah, I, I learn I, a lot. I write my books. But you yeah. know what? I write my books for myself. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. To me, it's like if I can speak to my kid, the kid in me, Maybe, maybe that will translate. Yeah. To yeah other people. So being that you're also a dad, and you know that oftentimes your kids don't listen to you because you're you're just not smart. You know, because you you're your dad. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> how? How? And how does how do you think God sees children? And really, that's no different than the way that God sees you and I as non-children. But yeah. I think that we've convinced ourselves that it's different. How does God actually see children? I'm going to go back to something that I wrote that you, you, when God sees you, God delights in what is and sees only what's true that you, yes, you in all of your glory, bring color and rhythm and rhyme to God's story. So be you fully you a show stopping review Live your life in full color, every tint, every hue. Discover, explore, have faith, but love more and learn and relearn all that God made you for. And so um, I think God looks at us and, and just and just delights in, in the fact that we are alive, that we, much like, I mean, Seth, when you look at your kid, it's like I, I, I told my kid, uh, my youngest kid on the way to he's in first grade in the car ride and the car line as I'm getting ready to drop him off. I just, I told him, I was like, Ezra, I just want you to know you make every single day of my life better hmm. that even on the hardest days that we have, I am blessed that you are in my story that I get to see that I have a front row seat to your story. And I, and his eyes get all big and, you know, and he gives me this big old hug and, but I just, you know, like I just think about how I think about my own kids Mm -hmm. and that if God is God is God, then God must have this far bigger abundance of joy that is received than than I can even imagine. Mm. And uh, 
you know, it's like we, it's like the first, and in so many situations in our own, in, in, in how we were raised, um, it being introduced to God, we, we get this, um, we get this really beautiful picture of God, but then we get this really awful picture of us. Mm. And which really like makes the, the picture of God very blurry, very hard to see um, and fully appreciate. Mm. And I think that I'm, as I have like, you know, in, in this process of like writing children's books and like re reimagining my own perspective of God, um, and repositioning all of the negative self-talk that I have learned or picked up over the years and, you know, and, and, and trying to switch that to, um, to what I believe God would say in my story. Um, there's man, it's, there's power and healing and hope and, and joy. And I just, uh, I said, that's what I want my kids to, mm. that's what I want my kids to know. That's what I want my kids to just fully um, embrace about God's perspective of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember my, my oldest when he was five, uh, we were on our way to, swimming lessons and he asked me hey dad what or daddy what is the what is what is the devil (laughs) and i and i and 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 in you know recovering independent fundamental baptist form (laughs) like who told you that (laughs) i had to have i had to ask like what what was the context of that conversation you know (laughs) so well it was wre i I was in school (laughs) (laughs) and of course like i mean you know uh many times i have to remind myself that i there's a i don't need to instill my own fear Mm -hmm. into um my children's um, experiences. Uh, but it was, it was a moment, it was very defining because I, when it comes to the spiritual perspectives of my kids and protecting how they are introduced to ideas, when they are introduced to ideas, when, you know, it's like, um, it matters to me. Mm. And, uh, because I know, I think that all of those things are, um, potential shapers of, Mm their perspectives on themselves mm-hmm. and their perspectives on the God I believe created them. Yeah. I've also had that question uh, and it was couched in between a question of, I forget who it was. It was a year and a half ago. So it was right before my daughter got baptized. Um, and uh, my, my middle daughter, not the same mm-hmm. young daughter that's a pistol. Um, she had, she had couched about the devil, and I remember my answer, um, and I've since grown that answer into larger conversations for my 13-year-old, because. Mm-hmm. but the answer I gave her, I think, was something to the effect of, um, the devil is that thing that allows you to hurt people, and it's something that you have to take some ownership with, and that's oh, why it feels that's bad. Pretty, that's basically yeah. what I told her. Um, and then she didn't answer the question, um, or didn't follow up, and just said, well, you have to be baptized to be saved. 
to which I was like, <laughs> okay. And I was like, and I said, who, where is this coming from? And it was some girl on yeah. the bus or at daycare that had said something. And I was like, well, a lot of people believe that. Um, yeah. Most of those people live in America. Um, but I'd like to remind you, my dear, that most of Christians don't live in America. And most right. Christians also don't believe what you just said. But it doesn't need to be argued about. Yeah. It's, and then she's and like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, what do you believe? I'm like, well, I believe there are a lot of people in the Bible that were actually baptized in the Holy Spirit before they ever touched water. And we mm. can walk through those if you want. Um, so baptism is something different. And then we, ha- you know, we yeah. had a conversation about that. Um, so, and you know what, those are the kinds of things that it's like, if, if they, even if you do believe it, that's as long as you're not projecting those ideas onto somebody else um, and making it a requirement, it's, it's the, it's the requirement. It's the, it's little kids. Like my, my, my kids have come home and, you know, they've had conversations with like six and seven year olds and these, these, these six and seven year olds in their classroom are, you know, saying, this is how it is. This is what you do. If you don't do this, then this happened. Like, I mean, and that's it's what just my mom a, and dad said and they're brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I teach my kids to value. I, like my hope is that I teach my kids to value and celebrate all the different perspectives that people have. Um, on spirituality, whether it is a Christian spirituality or it is an outside of our, you know, the, the Christianity that we um, adhere to. And it's, um, I want people to honor their, you know, other people's beliefs and, you know, and, 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 and respect them. And, uh, and, and, and you know what, I mean, if you, uh, I don't know if you've done much traveling, but like whenever, anytime I travel out the United States, I, I learn something new about God. I, because I, I meet, I meet somebody else whose story is different mm. and, and, and so far outside of my own that they, that their story touches me, their story, their story changes me. And I can't help but believe that, that, that I see God in them. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's, a, yeah. that's how I, that's, that's what I hope to give my kids. Yeah. So, so um, I want to ask a question and you can answer it or not answer it. Cause it's not really directly related to this book, but it is kind of related to your first book. Um, and then a little bit more current events. So um, the theology that you're espousing in here, if I have to deconstruct from your writing is uh-huh. that for some reason we got it wrong and we're not supposed to love people, um, and I actually am not okay. Which sounds like a stupid thing to be deconstructing from in 20 years, as opposed to the books that I'm changing the stories for as I read those to my kids. Um, so, and then you were saying your first one you had to self-publish because they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, I don't know if that was theological reasons or reasons because of your your mis- your you know, your your reputation, or apparently yeah. you said they wanted you to change your name to a woman. Um, cause well, I guess only change. women can write children's book. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't well, know. <laughs> my, my ex-wife had a much better reputation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, that's very similar mindset to, we're not allowed to talk about critical race theory. We're not allowed to talk about, um, gender issues in schools. We're not allowed. We don't read these books. These books are not allowed to be consumed. Um, and I can see a text like this one for kids not being allowed in many places that it should be allowed in churches, libraries, um, because it doesn't necessarily align with, um, what the narrative needs to be for power and control. 
So yeah. what do we do to counteract the, the, the we're not allowed to talk about these books? Well, number one, we talk about it. Like we talk, like we, we say the things that, that are, that other people say are unsayable. Um, and I think that, uh, it's like when my, my kid, my, my, like I, to me, empathy, when I can give my kid the gift of empathy, when I can give them the gift of being able to see somebody else's experience and to empathize with not necessarily knowing exactly how that experience affected that person, but being willing to listen and to show compassion um, that is uh, when I give that gift to the, my kids, it allows them to see the world, see their kids, see their friends, see the, see the issues. Um, and they, they are already far beyond my, like I would like when I think about all the things that the libraries are trying to, you know, they're trying to take out of the, the, the books out of libraries. And I think about all the, 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 the laws that are being passed in um, Texas and Florida, like my, my kids are so far, like they, they fully grasp the importance um, and the danger of those kinds of systems that are being put into place. Mm-hmm. They know that there is a, um, a, a group of people or lots of people who fight against the goodness that my, that their parents try to give them or try to instill in them. And <clears throat> My goal is to teach kids, teach my kids to whatever we do, we are always constantly learning that we're never going to know every experience. And so whenever you think you've gotten all that, and when you've gotten everything that you, there is to know um, about a person's story, that's when you need to stop and start learning more Mm. because it is that moment when we say, I put a stake in the ground. This is what I know is when we start to fall behind the conversation because conversations are constantly evolving. They're constantly moving forward. They're constantly um, being shifted by other people's experiences. And while we don't necessarily have to wobble with every single story that comes that, that we hear, we should be empathetic to those stories that change and shift us. And they should, they should be, they they should have the power to be listened to and heard. Mm. And so that's what I tell my kids um, that listening to other people's stories empowers us to stand and fight. I mean, I've told my kids, I said, you know, there's going to be a time in your life that you're probably going to have to, you're going to have to stand up, uh, to your friend who has said something that you know is unkind about somebody else that, you know, you're going to hear. I mean, I've even talked to my kids about like how people perceive me. Like Mm. when, you know, there's going to come a time when you're probably going to hear somebody say something negative about your dad being gay. Um, 
And while that's not your, your job is not to protect me. Mm-hmm. Your job is to stand up for all of the LGBTQ people that you know, mm-hmm. or whether you, the ones that you don't know. Um, and so we, we talk about those things. We talk about our privilege. We talk about our, um, our, our place in society and how we can help move the conversations forward. Um, so how do we counteract those? Like the, the things I, I mean, number one, we give, we give our kids a different story. Hmm. Like it's it's like, I I know I, people ask all the time, well, how do you like, how do you fix what is broken about modern evangelicalism? I'm like, the biggest thing that we can do is give our kids a different God story. Mm -hmm. Like give our kids something new, something fresh, something that is not built on this white male perspective that we have, that has, that has been instilled in us since we were very, very little. And without us even knowing, Mm -hmm. give our kids a different perspective, um, give our kids a different story. And so like, even so whether it is combating evangelicalism or combating like people wanting to, you know, uh, you know, take books out of of the library, it is, we have to give them a different story and, and empower that and, and, and empower our kids to think differently because they're, we're all subject to the things that, I mean, I was, I was raised in a, but I was raised in a uh, situation where information was controlled to an nth degree. Like it was like, I was raised in a, where I wasn't allowed to watch certain, like most of television. I wasn't allowed to watch. Um, if anything, we weren't allowed to go to movie theaters, um, Mm. and see a movie. Um, and you know, it was anything that was beyond outside of PG. We would never, we would never even have a chance, but even if it was PG, my parents would watch it closely. And if anything would like come up, that would be outside the thing. So I grew up in a very sheltered, um experience um and and then yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean honestly like the the worst thing they that people can do if they really want to control the conversation is actually try to control the conversation like it just (laughs) it just doesn't happen um it, it 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 you know like you don't it always it almost always does the opposite Mm. because um words are pretty powerful things that, um, that always find a way um, to get read and get heard and, and and people for people to experience. And so I, uh, I know that was a very long, like (laughs) like, like a very mixed up answer and I'm not even sure I answered it fully, but I'll shut up. No, no, it's fine. No. Um, yeah, I could paraphrase it. You did answer the question. Um, uh, 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 yeah, I'm not going to paraphrase it. You can just rewind it. You can listen to it again. If you, I don't necessarily want to, like that was a lot. Um, I got got myself into a corner a little bit. I do, but you're not wrong. It's not the wrong corner to be in. Um, and I will say, as I've done some counseling with my son, I have not done the counseling, but um, counseling in the family requires everybody to do some work. It's sure. not, um, which is something I had to learn. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not editing it out. I'm too lazy. Um, So it's going to stay there. Um, The more I try to be restrictive, and that's my personality, the worse things get. And the less controlling I tried to be, um, there's still more screw. There's still screw ups, but it um, they're they're less way less frequent, and and when they happen, they're also way less over the top, um, which isn't the same as controlling words. Yeah. But control is control. It doesn't really matter. What oh, you're, absolutely. What you're yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's like when my when it comes to the 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 topic of sex and sexuality, you know, I there's a lot of fear as a parent about information. Um, and now my my ex-wife, like she had a completely different experience growing up. She, her parents talked about sex very openly in a very like, you know, adult way from an early age. And so we've kind of like embraced her Mm -hmm. way of going, of of doing things. And it has, there's been times because it, because of how I was raised, it triggers fear. It triggers, like, it triggers like, Mm -hmm. you know, just this, what am I, what am I giving my kids, you know, am I like, what permissions am I giving them by giving them information? And so far, um, it has given them a healthy perspective about Mm -hmm. sex that I didn't have at 17, let alone at 13, Mm -hmm. let alone at 11. Yeah. You know, my, 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 my daughter understands LGBTQ uh, plus stories better than I do. Um, because she, you know, she's, she's read a lot of books and she's engaged in a lot of conversations in, 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 you know, in her school's discussion. And so yeah, you, you, like, I, I, I have learned that, um, like you said, this, this need for us to control, um, is, is usually in me, for me anyway, it's this fear. It's this fear that is triggered in me because of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of all the things that my church and my environment tried to control um, and not allow me to engage. Um, and it didn't work for me and it's not going to work for my kids. And I'd rather empower them with information than to limit their perspectives yeah i have two final questions one of them is absolutely ridiculous and there's no way to segue okay. into it and the other i ask every single guest and so that one's easy so the ridiculous question is this and, and i want to ask it because i don't talk to people that rhyme very often um yeah. uh, the last one being uh, propaganda i think was probably that but i mean oh, he writes awesome. his own he writes his own music i, I, yeah. lo- I love his stuff love love what he does and i have to think that you have seen on youtube people rapping children books Besides like ludicrous. So if, you know, with Llama Llama Red Pajama, which for those listening, I will link it in in, in the transcript because I transcribe these. Um, if you haven't seen that version of that book, that is the only way now to read Llama Llama. Have you seen the ludicrous version? I don't think, I do not think You I've know who ludicrous is? Yes. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So I forget the beat, but he's at some radio station out in LA and they've made this their shtick. They'll have like, they'll give you a children's book and they'll, they'll drop a beat and you'll be like, yeah. And so it's, I'm not even going to try to do Ludacris. You're just going to have to Google it. It's like a minute and a half long. It's not long, but it is fantastic. Um, Uh, So if someone was rapping the words to this book, 
what is the background rap music that they're playing there? Like, what's the song that you're like, yeah, oh, this God. embraces Dude, these words. <laughs> I have no idea. I was just going to say, though, there is a rap version of one of my books on the on YouTube somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, there, it, it, it is actually a thing. Um, if I, I'll have, I'm sure you could probably search it and find it. But it's When God Made You, I'm pretty sure. And it's uh, so it's. And and I, I I think that I would probably want it, the background music to be something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, but I will say this: I if if my one of my books were to inspire somebody's like so, you know somebody's story to uh, and, and they would like want to turn it into a rap song, I you know. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. So I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, but I would, I certainly would not want to be in charge of the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the most recent ones no. I watched was one of the Dr. Seuss books. I can't remember what it was. I think it was hop on socks or Fox with socks or whatever that book is called. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the backing track was forgot about Dre. And so it was just the beat to forgot about Dre <laughs> with him rapping that on there. And oh, it was well, amazing. If we're going to do yeah, that. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like what's the what's that music that you know when you hear it you're like that's my jam and that's what's in these words right here this oh i don't know I, this, <laughs> i'm going to say probably something by tlc but i'm not sure it would be <laughs> uh, you know it, it it wouldn't be like necessarily this is the book but like i was going to say creep but i guess it, you, 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 <laughs> when you said that second part i was like well, maybe not <laughs> well just the just the left eye lopez just like version the, just like yeah. the the vibe you know <laughs> yeah uh, the, yeah, it's a. No, that's a good vibe. Promotes. That's yeah. a good vibe. Anyway, I told you, rid- yeah. ridiculous question. It's, it's um, okay. It's look, okay. I, I, like I, the, I only scripted. I wish that. more people would ask questions like that. Those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I script very few questions for these because the first year was just a robotic version of me that they didn't sound like conversations, yeah. and so I usually write down one question. That was the one that I wrote down for you. That is the question. <laughs> Besides the ones that I promised my daughters that I was, you know, would, would ask that's them. amazing. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's just that's that's the way I like to roll. So when you, for you, try to wrap words around whatever God is, or the divine is, or whatever that is, what are those words? Wow. Um, there was a TV show called justified and there was a scene where a, a woman was on in her final moments before her passing. And in those moments, she quietly said, it's time for me to go and experience the mystery. And I think that God is God is the mystery. God is the um, and I and, and 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 so because I think that a mystery is something that we're constantly wanting to engage, and yet we're intrigued by it. We're um, we're moved by it. Like and so, like I for me, the word mystery. Um, is a is a pretty all-encompassing word to like th- how I think about God and, and all the time because it keeps me just engaging the story. I mean, I could come up with like, you know, big, awesome, good, you know, like, um, but like I, I, I love this idea of 
of engaging. I mean, I think about that line, uh, uh, the line that she said so like quite often um, because it's like, it's time for me to go and experience the mystery. And, um, and I think about that in my own life, like on a daily basis as like, I want to, it's time for me to go engage the mystery. Mm. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Did God kill his kid? Did he have to have blood before he would forgive? Maybe we made a God that looks like us. Now, I haven't added it up. But there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of podcasts on the internet. And I am humbled that you continue to download this one. If this is your first time here, please know that there are transcripts of these shows. Not always in real time, but I do my best. And if you go back in the logs, you can find transcripts for pretty much any episode that you'd like. The show is recorded and edited by me, but it is produced by the patron supporters of the show. That is one of the best, if not the best, way that you can support the show. If you get anything at all out of these episodes... If you think on them or if you, you know, you're out and about and you tell your friends about it or, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, boss, pastor, here's what I heard. What are your thoughts on that? If this is helping you in any way, and it is helping me, consider supporting the show in that manner. It is extremely inexpensive, but collectively, it is so very much helpful. Now, for you, I pray that you are blessed and you know that you're cherished and beloved. We'll talk soon. Like a Tina, and Ahmed or Mildred, or Russ and his husband, Gus and their children. Face like a Kim, a Ted or Tyrone, a Lucy born with an extra chromosome, a Pablo with legs he can't move by himself.